chapter twelve of geographical reader europe by frank g carpenter this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by betty b chapter twelve the most beautiful city of the world let us stand together on the top of the eiffel tower and take a look over paris before we begin to explore it we are nine hundred feet above the ground on a great framework of iron rising upon the banks of the seine in the midst of the most beautiful city of the world below us lies a vast network of cream-colored houses built in regular lines along wide streets which cross one another in almost every direction there is a wall around the edges and with the glass we can see many forts with soldiers moving about on the ramparts paris has been compared to a camp it is about twenty-two miles in circumference and is the largest city of continental europe look down upon it and see how clean everything is notice the very wide streets they are walled with magnificent buildings and lined with great forest trees those are the famous boulevards of paris each of them has sidewalks as wide as the ordinary roadway and the space between is paved with asphalt or smooth wooden blocks the streets are washed with a hose every morning they are swept and mopped and in the evening the rag-pickers go about and pick up the scraps of paper cloth and other things which fall during the day see how the river winds its way through the city and how the water sparkles under the rays of the sun it is so far down that the many boats upon it look like toys and the men on the quays like pygmies hanging over little stone walls that is the seine it flows from here down to the sea with a deep channel most of the way and this has been so dug out that ships that do not draw more than ten feet of water can come right up to paris this has made paris the chief port of france although it is situated one hundred miles from the coast there are boats there below us which have come from london and the other ports of northern europe there are always boats floating down from the upper parts of the seine and if we should travel up the marne which joins the seine just outside paris we might find a canal by which we could go clear to the rhine where other boats would take us out through belgium and holland to the north sea what a number of railroads there are coming into paris from every direction this is the railroad centre of france you can get fast trains here any day for any capital of europe seven hours will take you across the channel to london we could leave now and be in berlin in the morning or going on reach st petersburg the capital of russia by day after tomorrow that train which is shooting off to the south is bound for the mediterranean there goes another on its way to switzerland and there are other roads in that network of steel which extend on to the rhine and the danube carrying the fast oriental express by which one can go from paris to constantinople in less than three days cast your eyes down to the seine see that little island farther on up the river with the great church upon it that is the ile de la cite upon which the Perisi, a tribe of half-savage men had their chief town when caesar subdued this part of gaul almost two thousand years ago caesar conquered the Perisi and rebuilt the town it became an important settlement under the romans and centuries later was made the capital of france having been the residence of the french kings for almost one thousand years but let us go down and begin our explorations of paris 
we take carriages and drive for miles through one beautiful street after another all walled with cream-colored buildings of five and six stories the buildings are in blocks built close to the inner edge of the sidewalk and they look so much alike that we wonder that a parisian does not sometimes lose his way and go into the house of his neighbor there are no gardens except at the back of the houses or in little courts inside them each building contains many families the parisians live in flats or apartments and even in the best sections of the city there are stores on the ground floor with homes on the floors higher up one family will have five or six rooms it may be a dining room parlor and kitchen with two or three bedrooms all on the same floor and many must climb three or four pairs of stairs every time they go indoors or out this is one reason why we see so many people on the streets and in the parks the french love the open air and as most of them can have no gardens of their own they come to the boulevards and walk up and down there are benches on the streets where we see women knitting and there are crowds walking in the public gardens at almost every time of the day girls take their sewing out on the streets and chat and work while they watch the people go by we see women stitching and knitting outdoors they knit even while riding on the street cars and we are rarely out of sight of a woman working away at a stocking each of the public gardens and parks looks as though a picnic was being held in it especially on sunday afternoons when many families eat their lunches under the trees we drive to the arc de triomphe and drive through the champs elysees to the place de la concorde the arc de triomphe is one of the most beautiful monuments of the world it was begun by the great napoleon in eighteen hundred six to commemorate the glories of the french in some of their wars we are delighted with the champs elysees there are beautiful gardens with a magnificent avenue bordered with trees running through them every afternoon the avenue is crowded with carriages and men and women on horseback and under the trees on each side children are playing all sorts of games there are little booths where toys and cakes and candies are sold and there are merry-go-rounds and punch and judy shows but there is so much to see that we leave our carriage and walk down the avenue isn't it interesting to watch the french children playing they are romping about almost as lively as little americans and we cannot help wishing we knew enough french to stop and play with them those chairs along the shady side of the walk are not free if you sit down in one it will cost you a penny whether you sit there an hour or a minute it is only the benches that are free to the public but here we are in the place de la concorde how beautiful it is i dare say we shall not see anything so fine elsewhere on our travels we are surrounded by gardens and parks and beautiful buildings there at the east is the garden of the tuileries where the kings of france used to live and just beyond are the grand museum and art gallery of the louvre one of the finest of its kind in the world at the west as far as we can see runs the champs elysees with the great arc de triomphe on the hill in the distance while on the south is the seine with its boats of all kinds puffing along to and fro with the palace of the chamber of deputies on the opposite bank now let us turn our backs to the seine and look in the opposite direction that tall round pillar with napoleon's statue on top rising high out of the houses is the column vendome 
made from the cannon which napoleon captured from the austrians and russians and that church to the left is the madeleine one of the most beautiful of the whole world a little farther on our eyes catch the roof of the opera house another magnificent structure while near us in the place are beautiful fountains the great obelisk brought here from egypt and statues representing the chief towns of france but let us go for a walk on the boulevards they are filled with people laughing and chatting there are many fashionably dressed men and women moving along arm in arm there are laborers in blue cotton walking this way and that newsboys are crying their papers girls are peddling flowers and hawkers are selling pictures toys and all sorts of knick-knacks we pass crowds of people eating and drinking out on the sidewalks there are cafes at every few steps and most of them have more customers without than within families are chatting as they eat and drink many men are reading the papers and not a few boys are playing dominoes at tables out in the street what fine store windows the boulevards are lined with shops and as we go along we seem to be walking through a great exposition paris is celebrated for its beautiful wares known as articles de paris it makes the finest of furniture clocks silverware bronzes and pictures we pass many jewelry stores where precious stones set in all shapes are spread upon purple velvet cushions behind the plate glass and stay for a time in the great department stores and wander out among so many fascinating knick-knacks and fine goods of all kinds that we do not wonder that people from everywhere come to paris to shop we have trouble in tearing away the girls of our party from the millinery and dressmaking establishments for the latest styles in hats and gowns come from paris and they think anything they buy here is sure to be new we next visit the halle centrale to see something of the markets of paris the french have great respect for their stomachs and the best of everything comes to the capital the halle centrale are the largest markets of the city they are great pavilions of iron and glass covering all told about twenty acres it is early morning and we find the markets already crowded with women dressed in white caps and short petticoats and men in caps and blue blouses all gathered about little pens where the supplies for the day are being sold at auction we stop before a stall where they are selling chickens at wholesale that frenchman in white cap and apron behind the counter is the auctioneer and the black-dressed woman beside him is his cashier and bookkeeper nearly all the buyers are women who bob their white-capped heads up and down as they shout out their bids shaking their hands at the auctioneer as they do so the chickens are brought to the stall in crates on the heads of porters and disposed of at the rate of a crate to the minute through one pavilion after another we go past crowds who are buying eggs butter and cheese jostled now and then by the market women rushing hither and thither and by blue-bloused porters who are carrying great loads of vegetables and meat on their heads in another pavilion we see women selling baskets of live rabbits and in another stall farther off oysters and snails and frog legs we ask a snail seller about her business and are told that a million pounds of snails are sold here every year they are esteemed a great delicacy and when ready for eating bring about one franc a dozen many are imported from switzerland 
and many come from the vineyards of france a little later the retail market begins the thousands of stalls have been trimmed up for the day and all wares are neatly displayed the officer in charge tells us that the food sold at wholesale alone brings in more than a hundred thousand dollars a day and that the supplies come from all parts of france from north africa and from all over europe he shows us reindeer from norway mutton from england eggs from belgium and bread made of wheat grown in the united states how queer the bread is it is baked in loaves about as long and as thick as a baseball club so long that they reach high above the head of that boy who is carrying some home let us buy one and taste it is it not good yes the french cook everything well we have not tasted frog legs and snails but our everyday meals are delicious we soon become fond of the french way of living although it is different from ours we enjoy the light breakfast of a cup of coffee two rolls of bread and a pat of unsalted butter this we have upon rising it is the breakfast of well-to-do people all over france the poor eat still less at this time many have nothing but a piece of dry bread and a glass of cold water some well-to-do people take their breakfasts in bed and at our hotel we are told that we may have coffee in our bedrooms without extra charge the next meal comes about noon the french call it breakfast with the fork it consists of meat and vegetables with sometimes a soup and it is usually quite as good as our midday dinner at home the people eat slowly and in parts of south france two hours are set aside for this meal when even the businessmen stop work for lunch and a nap or a chat with their friends the chief meal of the day however is dinner this comes in the evening when every one eats as well as his purse can afford even the poor having a soup vegetables and some kind of meat and a dessert among the well-to-do the dinner consists of a half dozen courses or more the plates being changed at each course and only one piece of meat or one vegetable brought on at a time such a meal usually ends with a small cup of black coffee End of chapter 12